0: I'm your host, Kiri Masters, Head of Retail Marketplaces Strategy at Acadia, and today I am talking to you about conferences and events for the retail industry in 2024. I, like many people out there listening, love to go to these conferences and events. They are great places to learn about trends in the industry, but more importantly, I think meeting like-minded people, meeting your e-commerce and digital peers out there so that you have people to learn from, people to commiserate with, and keep up to date with all of the you know the very quick pace of the industry that we're in. But choosing which events to attend and then also having it going in with a strategy so that you can make the most of that pretty expensive investment that your company is making. And making sure that that is a very productive use of your time to be traveling away from your family for three days and spending, you know, quite a bit of your budget on continued improvement, making sure that that's actually a really, really great use of time, both within the calendar year and for ideally many more years to come. So I'm going to just share which events I'm attending and speaking at in the first half of 2024, in case you are also attending and would like to meet up. And then secondly, I'm going to talk through my conference attendance strategy, how I make the most of it, and especially if you're on the brand side, how I think you should make the most of it as well. Right, so I am just going to run through a few events and dates for places I'm attending. If you're also attending, please reach out to me, kmasters at Acadia.io. Let me know that you're going. So first of all, I will be at Etail West in Palm Springs, February 27 to 28. I'll be moderating a couple of panels there. In March, I will be speaking at the ANA's media conference in Orlando. Very excited to be presenting a session About retail media with Bree Keating from Monster Energy. In April, I will be attending and speaking at the Digital Shelf Institute event in Nashville. That is April 8 to 10. In May, middle of May, we are holding a retail media summit at Acadia. We're doing an in-house event this year. So if you are an Atlanta local or live in the Southeast and would like to Register your interest for that, please reach out to me. That is May 15. And that's it for the first half of the year. I won't be at NRF, I will be in Australia with my family during that time. But that's what I've got planned for the first half of the year. Now, let's talk about strategies for making the most of these events. And if you have a conference budget, that's great. And you can't attend all of these unless you are, you know, an industry. Person on the vendor side who sort of it's a requirement of the job to attend these conferences, more often than not on the brand side, you have a budget and you have to be pretty judicious in choosing which ones to go to. And also, like traveling can be hard anyway. So, choosing the right events is important. I'm going to assume that you have selected which events make the most sense for you, spoken with peers, understand like. What other type of companies typically attend these events? Are these your people? I think at the end of the day, really understanding what is the profile of the other attendees and does that make sense for you? So if you're a $10 million a year brand that's just getting started, shop.org or NRF is maybe not the right place for you. And likewise, if you're an enterprise brand, you've got very different kind of challenges to attendees at smaller events that are geared towards, you know, more smaller companies or D C brands. That said, you can still, you know, you can learn a lot from being surrounded by people who are a few levels ahead of you. And I also know that a lot of large brands like to attend those small conferences and events to hear what the scrappy small brands are doing. And that can actually be a really great source of intel and getting outside of the echo chamber of the really, really large events. But I hadn't planned to talk about that. I wanted to talk more about strategies for making most of events once you've actually signed up. I have six tips. All right, so first tip is make it more about the connections, not the content. So this is a big mistake I see people making is that they're running from one session to another. And they're so exhausted by the end of the day. They don't stick around for the happy hour. They just go back to their room because they're exhausted from running around. And I really think that the magic from these events is not really all in the sessions themselves, particularly at the very large events where you have public companies speaking. They're very limited in what they can talk about. A lot of the content has been reviewed by PR team, comms, and legal. They have things they are and aren't allowed to talk about. And candidly, you know, the CMO of Colgate Palmolive or, you know, huge companies is not really going to give you a whole lot of tactical information about how they do things or what they've learned or some, you know, secret hack that they've discovered. That's not really how it works. It's very, it's quite high level and directional. So I'm not against attending sessions. I am presenting at some sessions. So I hope you attend at least some of the sessions, but I don't think it should be all about the content. Instead, try and balance your time and energy in making connections and meeting other peers and potential hiring managers and potential new hires, depending on you know, what your needs are making those connections and building a small but powerful network of peers and people who are are a little ahead of you and people who you might consider adding to your team in the future. That is where I think there is a lot more long-term value. So I'm going to talk a little bit about how to make those great connections and spend a little bit of time there. And this is, I think, you know, you could also look at this as, how to make friends in your 30s or 40s or 50s, it gets a little harder and we're kind of going back to school here and it's your first day of school and you're trying to make friends and connect with people and it seems like all these people at this event already know each other and there's little circles and groups and you're walking in and everyone else is on their phone or it can be super intimidating. So I'm just going to share, you know, some pretty elementary ideas, but I'm a extrovert. I like meeting people. Sometimes people even know who I am, which is cool, but I still struggle with a bit of anxiety when I walk into those big rooms and it can be super intimidating. So I'm going to share some strategies and tips with you. This tip number two is essentially aiming to make two or three really great connections rather than making a whole pile of acquaintances. And this is, you know, going a little bit deeper with a few people rather than, you know, rushing around and collecting or giving out as many business cards as as you can. So this is a place where you can deepen some existing relationships and hang out and, you know, go to karaoke with some people that you already know a little bit and advance those relationships or initiate new ones and get to a deeper level quicker. So the first like sub tip here is Avoid just hanging out with your coworkers. I totally understand where people want to attend events with their co-workers or their teams. It can be a really great way to build team cohesion and learn things together and go back from an event and swap notes and like have this shared experience as a team. I know one of our clients, Nature's Way, attends a lot of events as a team. It can sometimes be a bit of a crutch though, when you're always with your coworkers, you create your own little click. Other people can see, you know, you've already got someone that you're chatting with and sitting next to, and so you may be less sort of perceived as less open to meeting new people. And you'll, you know, you just want that comfort when you're in a strange environment with lots of new people. It's just so much easier to chat with your colleague. Then go and meet new people. So if you are attending an event with colleagues, I highly recommend speaking with them about this ahead of time and laying out your expectations and that you want to specifically make some new connections. And it's nothing personal with your colleague. It's just part of my intention for this event is to walk away with a couple of great new connections for my benefit, but also probably for your benefit as well. And so I don't want you to be offended when at happy hour I might go off and try and make some new friends and connections for the good of our whole team. So setting that expectation up front with your team that, hey, let's divide and conquer or let's, you know, maybe we could even make it a shared team challenge of, hey, let's go and try and meet one to two new people to bring into the fold and uplift all of us. So the second sub point here on making a couple of great connections is to skip the small talk. Man, small talk is one big reason why networking events are so exhausting. (laughs) And I think if we could get comfortable with skipping the small talk, we would have such better conversations and really get to some interesting content and, you know, advance our relationships much further this become, unless you actually plan for this, it's so easy to get stuck in the conversation of what company are you at now? And, oh, do you know so-and-so? And And, what did you, I don't know, like there's just so much, you know, BS we could all just talk about for an hour and not really make, uh, you know, not learn anything new, not really advance a relationship. And so what I really recommend is, going in with a bit of an agenda and some of the business challenges that you're facing. And looking at this is almost like research as well. Obviously, we want to connect with a human being, build a relationship, but having something to talk about. So this isn't the best named framework, but I just came up with this. If you have ideas about how to make this framework better, let me know. But there's a little formula I just came up with. A-V-H, and it stands for Advice, vulnerability, and how. And so here's what I would say is come up with three challenges that you're having. And first, ask for advice. Secondly, be vulnerable with what the challenge is for you. And then finally, ask how that person has overcome that. So two examples. Can I ask for your advice? I'm struggling to get my leadership team to understand the importance of top of funnel media investment how have you dealt with this in the past second example is can i ask your advice i'm looking for better metrics to track progress towards x outcome how do you think about that so the reason why i think this is a great framework is everyone loves to be asked for advice and opening with that is going to get someone to lean in more than be on guard can i ask your advice It's going to be very motivating for that person to lean in and think about it. Everyone wants to be generous. Everyone loves to be asked for advice. So it's a great way to open a question. The vulnerability part is important too. That's how you can go from being, you know, maybe it's kind of weird. Someone is just asking, like, what metrics do you use to track X? You could be a little bit defensive or, you know, wonder why that person is asking you that question. But if you insert some level of vulnerability in that, say, I'm struggling with this. I can't get my team on board with that. I, you know, show that it's a personal challenge for you. And then asking, how have you done this? How would you think about this? That's, you know, ultimately, you know, what are you actually asking them for? So that's my suggestion. Skip the small talk. It's a waste of time. Everyone walks away exhausted there's no real action item and these are things that you can you know really take back as intel to your team after the event okay now this is a still on sub point of making two or three great connections here but my final sub point how to make great connections is you know where do you meet these people and when to ask these questions so two suggestions here obviously the first is the networking lunches and happy hours and dinners and things like that these are the kind of can be the scariest of all, the most you know intimidating. And I'll just say, just remember, everyone else, unless they're people talking with their colleagues and not expanding their, you know, not expanding their exposure, everyone else is a little bit uncomfortable too, right? So everyone is pulling out their phone and acting busy because they don't want to look like a loner, and so everyone else more or less feels the same way that you do, my challenge to you is put away your phone, grab a drink, doesn't need to be alcohol, and just stand there. Stand there with a smile on your face, look around, and people will come up to you because you look approachable. So putting away your phone, not acting busy because that's sort of a you know an easy defense mechanism, but just breathe out, grab a drink, smile, look around, make eye contact with people and people will come up to you, I guarantee it. Other way to start speaking with people and ask these questions is to get to some of these workshops and panels early. Sit next to someone, they can be on their phone, they might be looking busy. Again, it's just a defense mechanism. I can guarantee that they're not as busy as they look. (laughs) They're just trying to not look lonely and say, hey, can I sit next to you? What sessions have been your favorite so far? Have a, you know, a couple of opening lines. What have you liked about this event? Which other ones are you going to? What was the worst one that you went to? And you can start that conversation, start with a couple of small talk questions and then you know get into the more interesting stuff. All right, so that is my big tip number two. Aim to make two to three great connections rather than a bunch. Tip number three is find out who else is attending. And this is important because it can help you to Go in a little less alone. You have some people to meet up with. You can take a existing relationship that might be friendly to the next level, more trust, more collegiate, and build on that, right? So find out who else is attending. Vendors are a great place to start. Tell your current or future vendors that you are attending this event and ask who else they know that is attending. And they always have an interest in knowing who is attending because Chances are they're probably hosting dinners and meet and greets and happy hours and things like that. So, if they don't know you're going, you won't get invited to those. And it's also a great way of asking who else should I meet with? Second way to find out who else is attending is look at who is sponsoring the event. Those are other vendors that you may or may not be working with. Reach out to those vendors that sort of fit your brand as well. So, you know, enterprise vendors versus SMB vendors, and you can ask them, tell them that you're going. Who do they know that's going? Yes, I will attend your fancy dinner. That can be a great way to find out who's going. Number three, post on LinkedIn that you're attending and ask that other people let you know. Look for similar posts from other people, see who's commented on their posts. Reach out to them. Everyone wants to know someone who's going to this event so they feel a little less alone. They can make some plans. And final mini tip here is the day before the event or the day that you're traveling to it, there's more interest than ever amongst attendees of this event. They want to know who is going, checking LinkedIn, who can I connect with here? And so what I recommend as a tragic LinkedIn junkie that I am. Selfies, even if you're super uncomfortable with taking selfies and sharing them on LinkedIn, which most people are, it's the best way to pick up in the algorithm. So take a selfie of yourself at the boarding gate with the city behind you. So when I go to Palm Springs, I'll take a picture of myself at the gate with the Palm Springs boarding sign behind me and say, on the way to Palm Springs. And like, Then there will be a lot more interest people who are attending to say, Hey, I'm going to be there too. Let's meet up. So I know like getting into uncomfortable territory for a lot of people, but selfies really, really work. You could also take a picture of yourself when you first get to the event or at the hotel or something like that. That is a great way to also find out who is going ahead of time. Wow. There is a lot of content here. Thank you for sticking with me. I appreciate it. We've still got a few more left. So... Walking the exhibition floor. Okay, this feels like a gauntlet to me. And you're literally being judged when you walk through the exhibition floor. I'm sure you have felt this. Whether you are a vendor, whether you are a press, whether you are a brand, people appearing at your name tag and trying to make a judgment about whether you're worth speaking to or not. That is extremely confronting, right? <laughs> and it goes both ways. Oh, they don't think I'm worth talking to. Or, you know, you work at a brand such that everyone wants to speak with you and you feel like a piece of meat, you know? So it's like, it can be a really uncomfortable experience walking the exhibition floor. And I fully admit, I don't have the best strategy here because I find it really uncomfortable and it's easy for me to skip, but I'm going to challenge myself on that a little bit because I think understanding the exhibitors and you know, what they are selling is actually a really great way to understand macro and micro trends in the industry. So I'm going to challenge myself on this and maybe you can as well if you are also uncomfortable with this. One person who is someone I really look up to that does this super well is Richard Kestenbaum, who is a contributor at Forbes Retail, like me. We get together sometimes and talk about this stuff and he loves the exhibition floor. And so he will speak with all of the vendors with the perspective of trying to understand the trends in the space. And so like, you know, why did they build that feature? Why are they going after that space? I think if you take that perspective, that it's research, it can be a little less daunting and you could get some pretty good takeaways to take back to your team. So I just jotted a few questions down that you might wanna have rather than You know, like having to succumb to the salesperson's interrogation about you, redirecting it back to them. And here are some questions I just came up with on the fly, but I'm sure you can come up with some better ones. What are the top challenges you're solving for brands? Why was that an important challenge to solve for? What does that issue typically cost a company like mine each year? What is unique or novel about your approach to solving for it? And why is that the right approach? What are you working on for your next release? Why is that important? So if you have a better strategy for this, I would love to hear it. Like I said, I, you know, get anxious about doing this. I'm bad about walking away from conversations. I'd usually get stuck. I feel like these people are working so hard and I wanna give them a little bit of time, but I think I could do a lot better job of this myself. Big tip number five, if you want to speak Ask many people, but not everyone. Many people want to one day get up on that stage and do a presentation, or maybe in a more low key way, get on a podcast or get their insights covered in the press. Again, not everyone, some people, right? And events are the perfect occasions for getting your foot in the door. So, firstly, if you're a let's say senior manager or director level plus event organizers want to talk to you. You're not going to get a keynote first time, but you could be on a panel. They're always looking for people on panels talking about specific trends and issues and things like that. Retail media measurement, women in retail, you know, like there's all different flavors of panels. And if you reach out to the event directors and let them know, hey, I'm who you are, which brand you're at, and a few things that you are passionate about. I find it hard to believe that you would if you reached out to half a dozen event directors that you wouldn't get asked to be on a panel that same year. The very best way to do this requires some organization and I'm glad this episode is going out in January because it means you have time this year is to find out when these events are that you would ideally like to go to and speak out and be on a panel for, and set a reminder for four to six months away from those events, which is typically when the event organizers are actually planning their content. And they'll usually have a speaker submission form on the website around about then. But if not, just reaching out and saying that you'd like to nominate yourself for a panel also works. But they do start, organizing content four to six months in advance. So that's why you can't just reach out a month in advance and ask, you know, about speaking opportunities. You can also find the event directors at events and introduce yourself and say and indicate that you would like to speak at an event. They are probably not going to do much with that information at the time because they're usually running around putting out fires, and now is not the time for an actual pitch. But go and introduce yourself and say, I'll follow up with you later and suggest a couple of topics, and that would be great. So that is if you want to speak on a panel. Second thing that you can do here is find out which podcasters will be at the event. And these days at pretty much every retail event with a thousand people or more, they will invite podcasters to basically, you know, interview some of the speakers is generally what they ask for. I've done this a number of times. And what happens is there'll be a number of podcasts there, like this one, Jason and Scott Show, Future Commerce, OmniTalk, and, you know, a number of others that get asked to come and cover these events, essentially. And what happens is we usually get a list of speakers and are asked which speakers would we like to interview. And that's all we're given as podcasters. So we don't know who else is attending the events that we might also like to interview. So usually on the event page, there is a, if they have podcast, a podcast studio or podcasters coming to cover the event, they will say which podcasters will be at the event and reach out to us and pitch us an idea. That's the only way that a podcaster will know that you're attending the event and you'll at least get on their radar. So for all of these, whether you are actually going to an event organizer and pitching yourself to be on a panel or approaching a podcaster, you need to have a couple of topics to pitch. And... So think, and look, you could use Google, use ChatGP to figure this out, but you can't just say, hey, I'm so-and-so, I'm a director at such-and-such company, I'd like to be on your podcast. Like, we need to know what you feel passionate about. What do you have a unique insight on? What is some story about, you know, what your company has grappled with recently and figured out? So thinking of it like pitching the media, It's a skill that you can learn. It's a skill that I think you should learn if you're ambitious and want to, you know, be a leader. I think you should learn this skill and find out, like, what do you have a unique perspective on? What can you be known for? And it's not necessarily the thing that you want to be known for for all time. But at this point in your career, what's something that you've figured out? What's something that you struggled with? What's something that people aren't talking about enough? What do you have a point of view on that some other people might disagree with you about? So lots of different, you can Google prompts for coming up with media pitches. You'll get a ton more ideas if you spend a little bit of time on it. All right. My voice is about to give out and I'm at number six. Now big tip number six is post event follow up. Okay. This could be the most important part of the event. You just spent three days, away from home, running around, attending sessions, meeting people, doing research, getting away from the small talk. Good on you. But what do you do to actually you know, internalize those learnings for yourself, for your team, for your organization? How do you take all that stuff back and make it worth the five grand that you spent in the three days away from home? So first thing is these new relationships that you have built. Connect with your new friends. Get on their calendar within a few weeks and have another one of those less chit chat, more, you know, main meal conversations to talk about what's happened since the event, what have you put into practice, what else is going on, offering to help them. And this is where, you know, you've got a tiny little... Kindling fire, and you need to like keep that fuel burning. So, connecting back with your new friends, have getting a 30 minute Zoom call on the agenda, and following up with that. The other thing that you can do, particularly if you ended up like connecting with a small group of people, is like set up a little mini mastermind or forum for those new peers who are, you know, you don't want to have competitors in that group, but you could have like a really good little group of three to four people that you connect with regularly and swap ideas. What's working for you here? How are you thinking about that? Those are a little harder to organize with, you know, three or four calendars versus one-on-one, but that's another way that you can continue to build those relationships that you initiated at an event. The third thing here is sharing your takeaways with your leadership team and with your immediate team as well. So I think the important thing here is of course, internalizing what you learned and what you're going to do different so that you can legitimately put that into practice. And then another piece is it's just about managing up and showing your manager and leadership team that, hey, you spent five grand sending me to this event, all said and done, and it was worth it because of these reasons. Here is what I'm gonna do differently. Here is how I grew as a manager and as a practitioner, I learned all of these things. Oh, I connected with X and Y from, you know, a company in a different vertical, and they have a really good perspective on ABC. I'm going to be reconnecting with them in a couple of weeks. And so for your manager, seeing that level of you know, integration with what you took from the event, putting it into practice, you made these connections. They could be great people to know in the future. It's a home run. So this is going to make sure, <laughs> ensure that there is future travel budget for you, for your team, for other people in the company, and to prove that going to these events is worthwhile. I think that this you know, is a really essential part of the conference experience that takes a little bit of time, but send that out, share the wealth of knowledge that you accumulated, make it available to more people, and also make the case for attending more of these. I also think... Sharing takeaways publicly on LinkedIn is an awesome idea. They may be a little different to what you share with your leadership team. They might be generalized a little bit more, maybe sanitized a little bit more, a little less sharing competitive information, but share some bullet points. Top three things I learned from ETL West. Top five things I learned. Three of the best sessions that I attended at NRF. And you can shout out those people on LinkedIn. There's lots of different things you could do here. But that is another way, I think, to you know not only show other people that you think about things and a thoughtful person, but also for your own internalization of these things can kind of help you write your leadership team takeaway as well. And I think one more thing here, if you are a visual person and you're one of those people in the sessions drawing mind maps and making visual notes and soft diagrams and frameworks and things like that. That is pure gold. Don't let that just sit in your notebook. Take a picture of it, even if it's a little bit messy, put it on LinkedIn and explain it. Everyone loves to see that stuff. It does really well in the algorithm as well. So with this section, besides the reaching out to connect with people that you met, we've got ChatGPT now. It's not that hard to write a list of bullet points. Don't just start with a blank sheet of paper. There's no excuse to not write this stuff up anymore. So personal challenge to you. Do a little bit more of those listicles on LinkedIn and I'm sure you'll see really great response to that. All right, my voice is officially getting croaky. That was way more than I expected to share with you. Like I said, I love going to these events. At this point, because I've gone to quite a few over the years I do see people that we have multi-year relationships with it's great to catch up haven't done karaoke in a while but that's something it's so much fun but you you have to put yourself out there I think that that can be tricky for some people but I do want to encourage you to do that because it is worth the effort and it compounds over time once again thank you for tuning into the show if you're going to any of those events next year reach out to me and let me know and safe travels.